Hey, welcome to this week's episode of On the Line. I'm Joe Mullings, and in studio today, we've got a special guest with us, Ed Tetzal from LinkedIn. Good to see you again, Joe. Yeah, same here. And we have my rock on the other end, Christina. Christina, yeah. Christina who? Christina K. K. She's incognito all the time, man. Oh, that's true, actually. I have two passports with different names, and that's a well, fact. What countries are they from? America and Hungary. Oh, you're a hungry American? I'm a hungry American. Actually, Isn't that I'm, a David Bowie song? I'm a Hungarican. You're a Hungarican. Because my mom's Puerto Rican. <laughs> This week has been a weird week in here. So I've already got people bailing out in me, um, worrying about the holidays and interviewing. And it's weird. You run into that at LinkedIn at all? I think after Thanksgiving, all bets are off. Really? Yeah, internally, externally. Yeah. I don't know why, because I've had people on and like, well, you know, Joe, I'm still looking, but I think it's going to slow down now at the end of the year. And quite honestly, it never does. In my 28 years at this, December, January are our hottest months. Has anybody here looked for a job in November, December? Before? Yes, in Chicago. It was tough. What was tough about it? The weather? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think that depending on where you are, I think it's it's easy to be cheery when you're in Delray and you're thinking about job searching. But when it's really actually about dragging yourself through slush and, and total drudgery, you just... Uh, your morale is down for sure. I mean, I think the holidays really impact it. The expectation levels, the stress, it just compounds the already the stress of looking for a job. That was my feeling was that uh, everybody was so damn cheery all the time. Like, I'm just was like, <laughs> where's my job? And it's raining cold water. It was hard. I looked for a job in the winter. You uh, did? Yeah, on the way into getting hired for LinkedIn because mm-hmm. it was right when... The hurricane hit New York. Sandy. Sandy. Mm-hmm. And so everyone, most people didn't have power. And there was lines for all the gas stations. And a taxi from where I was in Brooklyn into the city was like very expensive each time. And I just like didn't really mention it at all. But then throughout the entire process, they were like kind of glad you came in. And you kind of realize they would start to realize what it took to get there on their own. So I think it was kind of working for me. And like, oh, you really journeyed here for this job. And it's worked and coming up four or five years at LinkedIn now. So you weren't you in China for LinkedIn though? Yeah. So a year and a half in New York and then transferred to the Hong Kong office and then there for two and a half years and then transferred back to New York this past January. So I'm the new old guy on my team <laughs> for the tenure of like going on five years in January. So, so Ed is our, just so you know, Ed is our relationship manager from LinkedIn. Uh, we've got a tremendous partnership with LinkedIn and the Mullings group. And uh, Ed comes down here quarterly almost now. And it's always great as a resource and an asset. But you bring up a good point, Ed. It's sort of like a burn-in, and meaning that the harder it is uh, or when people, other people take their foot off the gas is when you should put your foot on the gas. And that's what I tell all the people in the market is, no, no, you're buying into what everybody else is thinking. You should always push when everybody's pulling and pull when everybody's pushing. And so you have less competition if you're sending out your CV or your resume during this time. You have less competition if you're reaching out on LinkedIn or some of the other platforms. And you have 
less competition in vying for time to get those interviews. So I, I actually think it's the best time to double down. I just think in general, people make excuses because looking for a job is disappointing and time consuming. And oftentimes you fail every single time until the last time. Right. I, I think there's also a commonly held belief, and I'd like to know if it's true from your experience, that there's fewer jobs available in, in that time of year, uh, that there's just not as many opportunities anyway if you are searching. So here's what happens. People want to get their hires in before the end of the year or else they lose them. And then people are interviewing at the end of the year in order to get out of the gate quick in Q1 in order to fill. And if you realize that, that should have you be more optimistic than ever. If there's ever a time that it's slow, it's July and August because everybody's on holiday and you're not bumping up the end of something or coming off the beginning of something, meaning the year. Yeah, you're on the hump. Right? So in the middle of the year, July, August is generally, if there's ever a slight pause, that's it. Hmm. And for those thinking about how to accelerate their job search, know that the people that are in talent acquisition, especially at larger, more established organizations, they have targets too. Like they need to bring on a certain number of hires before the end of the year. It's hard to tell like where someone is at relative to their goals. Like, and they could also be feeling the malaise that all the people around you could be experiencing. Like, well, after Thanksgiving, well, it's coming up Christmas and you're the one person that's following up every time that's sending up, uh, you know, thoughtful thank yous every time that's staying in their pipeline, like they need to advance you, right? And because if, if that budget languishes too long, especially over the end of the year, the business could lose the budget. And now that goes on their record as an unfilled role. Nobody wants that, not the hiring manager, not the talent acquisition. Um, so you can find yourself in an expedited process if you do push ahead while everybody else is, is taking it easy. But I would use the holidays as a punchline in the subject line of every single email I sent out. Like, I never rest even though it's Thanksgiving. I'm still looking for you even though it's Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Christmas. I'm still at it while everybody else is sleeping in the subject line. That's an attention getter. And I still say that the most important words in any email sit in the subject line because that's where you get attention. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, we looked at the data of thousands of in-mails being sent and in-mails are uh, LinkedIn's version of direct messaging. And we found that it was the subject lines that contained only a certain number of words were the ones that by an order of magnitude performed the best. Because you have to remember that you're going to be reaching people. And this is true of your own personal emails that you'll send. You'll be reaching people on the phone, right? So the subject line is the first barrier to them opening that message. So if it's generic or if it's something that kind of becomes background noise, you've already lost them. You don't even have a chance to have your thoughtful message start to hook them, right? So you'd have to put the same amount of thought that you put into the body of the message into the actual subject line when you're following up with that person that's may or may not advance you in the process. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. And it's, it's, it's very, very true. And we just looked at data on that this morning from our own firm. Right. And right. as it's a mixed audience, I don't want to reveal all of our right. hard fought <laughs> secrets, but, uh, there is, there is an art and a science to it. And, and the science part, I feel like Mong's group has pretty well handled. Your account manager must be very good. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. So the tactical move on that is think of two or three words in the subject line during 
the holidays that get people's attention. Also, if you're looking at a specific company, I would then put, if you're coming out of a competitor or adjacent to that that somebody would be familiar with, put, I, I worked at in the subject line, tactically, right? So if I was looking for a job at Johnson & Johnson, and I had worked at Medtronic in the past, past employee at Medtronic, super interested in J&J, that will get opened more frequently than not. Right, and if it doesn't come immediately obvious to you uh, which companies you should say, you can always jump onto your LinkedIn.com account and for free, you can visit the company page of the business that you'd like to work at. And then on that page, we'll list other businesses that other people have thought of in the same breath. So you have a pretty good chance of coming up with competitors, other relevant businesses. Um, and to your point, I'd also recommend that you're researching the person that you'll be speaking with. This might seem obvious, but you'd be surprised how much missed opportunity there is by not looking at someone's LinkedIn.com profile because you can then reveal people who you know in common. right? So if I can see that one of my college roommates has a connection to my hiring manager, I'm absolutely going to do my research and hope that I can name drop in that sense. And you're going to shine much brighter than everybody else in their inbox when you say that Mike B had so said hello as opposed to following up for the fifth time. Right. Right. With the same move. I have a question because you were saying it's it's good in the subject line to remind them that uh, Joe's making a face. You can't see it, but uh, he's he's taking pictures. Uh, you said in the subject line, it's important to to mention that you're working when no one else is as a sort of reference to the holidays. But do you want to reference the holidays anymore? Is there a concern about being sort of cloying or saccharine if you include too many like happy holidays? I, I hope your family, you know, that kind of sort of fluff stuff. Do you, would you advise for or against it? I, I guess it's a great question. So if you feel like putting have great holidays or Merry Christmas. Because I don't think somebody, a Jew is going to get pissed that you said Christmas. And I don't think a Christian is going to get pissed that you said Happy Hanukkah. Right? And if they do, do you want to work there anyway? I would just go without trying too hard what felt right without being contrived. That would be my answer to that. Is, you know, hope your holidays are great. That's, that, that's it. You know, that's a, that's a good question around now, too, because everybody gets carried away to one extreme or the right. other. Right, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And and so I wouldn't go over the top, whatever felt right. If it comes out of you naturally, go for it. Yeah, so when you were looking, how did you find the job anyway in, in Chicago? I didn't. You hired me. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped. <laughs> I mean, it was like a uh, pure coincidence that... I, I got hired by my friend's uncle who lives in my hometown. <laughs> Where you just moved from. Right, like just moved from a week Because you before. and I met when you were driving, down. moving back down here. And yeah. I think you dropped off Michael B. Yeah. At my place because he was doing a shoot for us, right? Right. And then two months later, we literally evacuated Florida. <laughs> we put everything in a car and we're like, get out of here. Not coming back until Joe says, you have to come back. And now I live here again. But you're happy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's there's uh, no winter here. So if I do become unemployed, it won't be such a difficult search. <laughs> to find the job. Yeah. <laughs> does does LinkedIn do anything seasonal this time of year in regards to what specials or, or, or ideas or incentive? Is there anything seasonal they do? 
Yeah, your timing is pretty good because uh, the Microsoft acquisition is now going to take full effect. And so what that, you know, we, traditionally we've been on a calendar year and everything that we've done has been... <laughs> Everything that we've done has been. Uh, sorry, I'm laughing. laughing at the. Dog I'm laughing at the studio. dog who's uh, snoring almost or, as loud as I do. Or, or, so or Christy's got gas. One of the two. <laughs> Not me, other Christy. The other Christy. Blame it on the dog whenever possible. Um, so we do things on. We used to do things on calendar year, but now with Microsoft, our annual will end in the middle of the year. So our first six months will be a, a stub year. It, it's useful to know that, especially for organizations that might be European or, or Australian, will be on a cadence that is not aligned to the annual calendar and you'll find their their bursts of hiring like accordingly so it would be july would be a massive time for businesses in australia versus january for everyone except for microsoft <laughs> uh in the states and i think similarly you can you don't have to guess i can keep track again getting into the tactics you can follow on linkedin the businesses that you would like to potentially work for and you'll see their jobs get posted consistently you don't have to check. They'll get routed right to your phone or to your uh, LinkedIn app. And you'll start to get a, a sense as to they could keep hiring for this skill set. How can I fit into that sustained growth? Right. Which in turn, you can then weave into whatever outreach you might need to do. Right. Oh, I, are you going to continue hiring for, for this? What's your plan to manage that growth? Oh, this person's been paying attention to our business. Where is this posted? Nowhere. They just have insight into our business anyway. Interesting tactic to use hmm. does does linkedin have any preference on should you go to hr or not go to hr what do you guys tactically say because you give all kinds of advice online i'm currently helping someone get into the organization now and she has uh she does have a talent acquisition background and a management background and i'm speaking directly with the manager of the recruitment process for me so he was watching my progress. He's still with the org and he's risen to a director and I'm just messaging him directly. So Right, so they hacked. They came into you. They didn't send their uh, uh, resume into HR. No, so she knows me through a mutual friend. We both attended this mutual friend's wedding and you know she's in recruitment, so she knows LinkedIn. She's in sales. She knows LinkedIn and she's always had an interest in what it's like to work there and so she just contacted me directly and I am helping her bypass the general channels and... Uh, my contact in talent acquisition is going to put it to the front of the line. Yeah, that's the number one move of all time is I have mad respect for HR. So during the holiday season, same thing. Don't send your resume to HR or run a parallel path. Send it to HR and then spend the time, reverse engineer, find out who the hiring manager it is. Use the LinkedIn, as you mentioned, to sort of hack backwards to some common thread and then connect them that way. But as someone who knows both hiring managers and HR, like in your opinion, do you think that HR would be necessarily mad to have a hiring manager bring a resume to them No, and say, hey, interview this person? Like if I'm in town acquisition or HR and the hiring manager I'm working with is, is helping, I'd be like, thank you. You just gave me a layup yeah. for someone that I'm going to get credit for to bring to your team. That's right. HR doesn't get mad at that. HR, HR, HR gets mad at people who annoy the hiring managers. Um, but if you go after the hiring manager in an intelligent fashion, here's what's going to happen. One of two things. The hiring manager is going to just forward it directly to HR and say, I don't know why I got this and I'm not interested. Or they're going to ignore you, right? That's on the negative side. On the positive side, they're going to say, 
huh, I got this resume. Can you do me a favor and set up an interview or could you call them? So what you just got for HR, to your point, was I don't have to worry about that one. Because HR is overworked and under-resourced in every single organization. They're super competent. They're just overworked. And they're doing the Christmas party. Why are you doing that? They don't necessarily do the Christmas party. Really? No. Human resources? No. Well, our HR certainly doesn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell Rena on you. <laughs> I think it's a good point you make. There's there's places where they are wearing like both the yeah. internal issue hat and like the exiting employees hat and also the town acquisition hat. And those those are different skill sets. Right. So to your point, yeah, they might be like, this is also my job. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like people to use the holidays as an excuse, right? It's like people who don't like to exercise say that I've got a flat tire, it's raining out. Um, oh gosh, I got to get this done or else the, you know, nobody's going to bake the cake today. So you're always looking for reasons to do something other than that that's most difficult or you don't like to do. And that's job ser- searching. So people by default will come out and say, oh, it's the holiday. I'm going to waste my time. Ah, I'll just take some time off. Um, and that, again, is excuses make me nuts. And that is not the time to do it. So I would strongly, strongly recommend that um, you double down on your activities on that. In your experience, what uh, what is the season for businesses to confirm their budgets for next year? Budgets and headcount? Usually it's roughly... Q3 is, I'm just thinking through my head right now of four of my major clients. So they spitball it in Q3 and they finalize it in the beginning of Q4. But it's spitballed in Q3. They're like, okay, what do we think we need? And then somebody comes back and says, no, make that tighter. Or let's increase the scope of what we need to get done next year. Go ahead and add to the hires. But that all that spitballing happens in the August September time frame, and then October ish is when it boom gets finaled. Yeah, I've definitely heard of October time frame as being one of our last chances. So in my capacity at LinkedIn, we're managing clients, but we're also uh, selling LinkedIn products, and we're thinking of October as one of our last opportunities to get in to a place where we're capturing planned budget. And I bring this up in this capacity because for people that are in the holidays, it it it's not impossible for you to get something done after that. Ideally, you have already begun yourself in the process so that they're considering you for next year's budget, for next year's team growth. Um, but yeah, to your point, you can always make a move even if outside of that. And certainly on in LinkedIn, we're capturing a lot of revenue in November and December for unforeseen acquisitions and investments. Yeah. And, and also what happens is Companies are becoming a lot more sophisticated in understanding what it takes to hire, especially in this super tight hiring environment. So they know for January, February hire, they have to start making their moves in November. Because by the time, so if you run it backwards, you got to figure four to six weeks for the interview process, start to finish, right? That's a successful one. So Susie Smith shows up. By the time Susie goes through one, two, three interviews, reference checks, and goes ahead and resigns, and potentially waits around for their Q1 bonus, which is January timeframe. You usually don't start them until the end of January, beginning of February. So you got to start making your moves right now. I've got a client who's got 40 hires in January and February timeframe, super high level software hires. 
we're already way behind the eight ball because they're too slow on pulling that out. So for those of you thinking about starting your job search now, you're quickly approaching the last time horizon. Because if we take Joe's feedback right there, it has to be last week of October, first week of November, that you should be scheduling your first round of interviews. Yeah, if you want to get hired in January timeframe. Right, for your January start. Yeah, even if you're unemployed for your January start, because they're not going to start you December 15th. Right. Right, they're going to wait until January 2nd is the first Monday this year. Or in 2018. Yeah, which is why we're talking about this now, not because we want to be as annoying as your supermarket that's already blasting, you know, jingle bells, but because you you do have to start thinking about this now. And we are we are sort of rushing headfirst into the holiday season. And I think it does sort of tsunami over and, and take over your life. So it's good to keep a a target in a trajectory. Yeah. And also keep in mind, as, as, as Christina was chatting, I was thinking about something when I thought about the holiday table. Think about how many parties and networking opportunities there are during the holidays, right? So you've got all kinds of parties, you know, insert faith here, right? And we tend to socialize more during the months of November and December because of Thanksgiving and because of, you know, whatever your holy days are. And you're exposed to a lot more people and a lot more networking. And if you do that elegantly without being annoying, because I've been bugged all the time because I'm in the talent acquisition world and everybody thinks that I can find everybody a job, um, you get haunted. But if you figure out how to network effectively, just think about how many more new people, which means new opportunity to network, you run into over these next six weeks. It, it's a good thing you bring up because I've, I've heard of people that have social anxiety connected to like revealing that they're looking or being not currently working, uh, especially in a holiday time where you're encountering a lot of family or you have competitive siblings or judgmental aunts and uncles. How would you recommend to have that conversation gracefully and then also perhaps save some face? Well, my, my go-to move is I really don't give a shit what anybody says. And when you liberate yourself of that, you can then operate more freely without shame. So that's number one. That's 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 answer number one. Answer number two is, yeah, I'm in between gigs right now. I'm really looking forward to finding my next gig, and it would be great if you could help me. Now stop judging me and pass the goddamn mashed potatoes, <laughs> right? That 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 would be my approach. And so I I think if you're all clutched up, wondering about what everybody's thinking about you, in general, Ed, I think that smothers all your moves. You become so intimidated by being embarrassed that you can't let yourself be free. I oftentimes find as I counsel people on the telephone that their shame or their embarrassment slows their path to finding a job because they start listening to that narrative internally and they become that failure and it becomes self-fulfilling. And so I totally would be like, yeah, I'm unemployed and I'm going to find something. And it doesn't define who I am. It just defines where I am right now. So any other tidbits before we uh, slide out about uh, career searches or any moves you recommend, your favorite moves right now on LinkedIn? Uh, well, off of LinkedIn, the handwritten note. And if you can find a way to gift something that you guys talk about, we had a new hire that remembered a woman that she spoke with's favorite or a book that she mentioned she wanted to read. And she sent the handwritten note along with the ordered book. Hmm. And we hired her swiftly afterwards. 
Um, but you would have hired her anyway, but it did help. We would have hired her anyway, but it, it didn't really open the door for us to evaluate other candidates. Oh, great. It point. kind of like shut it. We were like, the process is now finished. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this is the person that's like obviously displaying the thought and like the care and like she really wants to work here. Like this has sealed it for us. Uh-huh. Um, on LinkedIn moves. Why don't you go first? I'll think of my LinkedIn moves now. My LinkedIn moves. Gosh, I, I would just absolutely on LinkedIn. My advisement would be um, get yourself a solid picture. Number one, don't make it the picture where you were at a wedding with your SIG other and you're no longer with them and you got lazy and just cut it off because that's the only one you had. The car selfie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, or the car selfie. Right. Like, like get a reasonable, not a glamour shots pick, but a solid picture because you are judged by that. You absolutely 100% are judged by that. I bet you if you did a blind test and 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 put opposite pictures on people, yet the skill sets were the same, you would change the order of who you would interview. I have heard rumors that if you can get a LinkedIn profile picture in which it appears that you are speaking publicly, oh my gosh, you will get more traffic to your profile than you would normally. So 100%. this would be your your maid of honor speech or your karaoke very early on something where you're holding a microphone and that's in the frame. Now, this is very much like LinkedIn rumors, so I don't have a lot of data. No, it works. You know, it's funny you say that. This morning, I just changed my LinkedIn picture. Go look at it. It's me talking into a microphone because I thought I looked more important. I'm going to let you know about that in just a second here. Um, <laughs> I have to turn on my phone. Um, I think updating your subject line or your your tagline could also be interesting. It's controversial if you want to put that you're seeking employment opportunities there. So use your best judgment. And I think that another LinkedIn move would be searching in your connections. So you can search your first three connections by location, by keywords, by people that went to university with you. And you can do your secondary connections the same way. So if you're looking to avoid being one of thousands that have applied to a job and you would like to research people that also went to your same fraternity or sorority that are in your industry, that are in your location, that would be a really nice way to make some direct contacts and not sell yourself, but instead just have a general conversation. I like that a lot because I get calls all the time who people hack it and go, you went to UD, I'm a flyer too, right? University of Dayton, University of Dayton of the Flyers. And I always take their email, call, in mail all the time. Right. Subject line for Alabama grads, roll tide. You will get responses. Right. right? UD flyer, 84. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to take the call. So where'd you live? What street did you live in? Oh, you went into the engineering school too? Oh, awesome. Who you're inspired? Oh, did you like him? Right. Right. Yeah. So it's a no-brainer. That's Versus right I there. am seeking employment in the following <laughs> field. Delete. Right. Mm. Right. I would very much appreciate this opportunity. Right. Thank you in advance. Yeah. Right. Thank you in advance. <laughs> right. Delete. Delete. And if you have sent something like that, we're not judging, you know, and, and I've sent them in the past too, but there is a better way. And uh, we look forward to sharing more helpful tips and tricks in the future. Awesome. Well, Christy, you want to close it or anything? Thank you, dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Thanks Thanks for thanks for listening. We'll have another episode coming up next week. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care, guys.